The Xbox FTC hearing has come to a close with some revealing statements from Xbox's CFO, as well as closing arguments from both Microsoft and the FTC, and some questions from the judge. There's some pretty good standout things from this, and while we wait for the judge to make their final decision, I wanted to give you a recap of the standout highlights from the CFO Tim Stewart, what he said, along with my thoughts on the closing statements. There is a lot to come over here. Now, I know covering this brings a lot of views, it brings a lot of people to the channel, but I really hope we can get back to variety gaming coverage. I've enjoyed covering this, right? I am grateful for the support that many of you have brought to the channel. Hopefully we can get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Given that we cover relevant gaming news here, this has been a learning experience for me. So I appreciate the trust that many of you have placed in me, and this likely will not be the last time that we have to talk about this. Sadly, this will probably also not be the last merger and acquisition that we have to discuss I have a ton to comb through I put it all right here at the beginning of the stream in the form of a monologue and then I discuss it with the live audience make sure you hit subscribe the bell button and the like button if you've enjoyed the coverage So the FTC case has wrapped up with the final day bringing some pretty big revelations. The CFO of Xbox, Tim Stewart, took the stand, and both sides made their closing arguments. First, I want to look at the big discoveries from Tim Stewart's comments. I don't think they can be overlooked. There were some pretty big things said, and I believe it adds to the merits of the FTC's case. Remember, the FTC is simply trying to prove the merit of their case and that they could win. This is just to be granted a preliminary and Junction not to officially block the merger. Second, I want to look at the closing arguments and the closing statements. I was actually out to dinner. I was on a date when they made their closing remarks, so I had to grab summaries and tweet threads after the fact. Lastly, I will say that this has been going, and I think feeling, I think that the injunction should be granted or not is hard to say. Obviously, I'm hoping that it is granted. I was compelled even prior to the final day that Microsoft was going for a vertical merger with the goal of loss lead anti-competitive strategies baked into it. So up first, let's just look at what Tim Stewart said with some of his comments. Now again, I'm relying on what amounts to live tweet threads about this. People that are lucky enough to get into the Zoom call and they can see what's going on. I'm going to be using Michael Acton or MActon93 on Twitter as well as Matt Stoller or Matthew Stoller on Twitter. I felt like they had very good tweet threads combing through what was taking place. So we're going to start with Stewart being questioned. Why was he being questioned? So according to Michael Acton, this is who I'm going to start with. And when I switch, I'll tell you who I'm pulling from. So according to Michael Acton, he was responsible for the deal models for Activision and ZeniMax acquisitions. So we will be talking about those. Keep in mind, because this will come into play later, the ZeniMax acquisition in particular has some very interesting revelations about it. I did find this bit interesting. Quote, he acknowledges the first half that he has not done financial analysis of the effects of the Nintendo or NVIDIA side deals or any ultimate supply deal with Sony. Now, I found this to be interesting. So much of the public posturing centered around the Nintendo and the NVIDIA deals and the commitment to give Sony 10 years and the CFO didn't 
crunch the numbers, okay? That's a little strange. I appreciated that prior to now, where the FTC said that if Microsoft wanted to use these deals as defenses, they wanted to see them. They actually had to file a motion to compel because Microsoft just continued to ignore their requests for certain documents. This admission from Stewart that they haven't even done financial analysis of those deals, I think adds merits to the case of the FTC wanting more inquiry here. What do these deals look like? You didn't even crunch the financials. How can we know if they're going to be good for the consumer? How can we know these are even going to be helpful in the realm of what so many people had an issue with this deal? One being anti-competitive. These deals haven't even been crunched by Microsoft. Now I have to turn to Matt Stoller who said FTC gets Stewart to concede that internal models exclude Nintendo Switch from high-end console markets and that the US is a separate market. This is inconsistent with Microsoft's earlier statements and Microsoft's expert Liz Bailey's market definition. This is another revelation that I believe adds to the merits of the FTC's case. You said one thing and internally you're doing something completely different. Even Liz Bailey was not marketing defining this way one of the major aspects I covered in my video about Bobby Kotick and Satya Nadella's comments was about just this if Nintendo is a direct competitor it weakens the third party exclusive argument against Sony why well because Nintendo does very well without those third party deals if Nintendo is not a direct competitor it hurts Microsoft's claim of being in third place it's a lot less convincing to say we're in second place and we would like to be in first place now before I go back to Michael about the infamous first better or best statements from the CFO of Microsoft of Xbox Matt said the following FTC is basically showing that the financial modeling done for the Activision acquisition was basically faked Stewart was told by Activision their financial projections changed he did not change Microsoft's internal financial model for the merger okay This adds to the merits of the FTC's case. We need to see updated information, updated models. They need to be granted their preliminary injunction to get a better look at all of these things. You handed in numbers that weren't even accurate. Now back to Michael for why Stewart didn't update the model. In January 2022, quote, they had submitted to us an updated forecast for their business. I would say it's relatively small when you are talking about a 10-year model. This specific change here, I did not deem it worthy to run through the model. So take that reasoning for what it's worth. Do you find that compelling as to why the model wasn't updated, as to why the, the, the numbers submitted were not changed uh, or, or kept up to date? Now, this may add merit to the FTC's case to look into this further and to have that model updated. Now, things start to heat up with respect to Zenimax. Remember what we said at the beginning. Stewart was responsible for the deal models of both Activision and Zenimax. And according to Michael, quote, FTC lawyer brings up November 2020 conference that Stewart spoke at. Quote, and when asked about Zenimax content, you told the audience that Microsoft Gaming did not have any intention of just pulling all of Zenimax content off Sony or Nintendo. Then the FTC lawyer reads the transcript. Stewart said the following. We want that content in the long run to be either first or better or best or pick your differentiated experience on, other pl- on our platforms. We'll want Bethesda content to show up best on our platforms. Now, Stewart wants to qualify what he was saying. I've cited this statement from the Xbox CFO many times to show that the goal is first, better, or best. Don't tell me you're not going to do degraded of the property elsewhere when your own CFO says that's the plan 
but the plot thickens. Stewart responds to what this means. I was being specifically vague at this point. He had just closed the acquisition. From consumer perspective, this could mean resolution, timing, available content, or showing up on Game Pass. Now, in the wake of these statements that he made, first, better, or best, he gets an email from Phil Spencer. And Spencer wrote to Stewart after the conference saying, Your word sure did stir up a lot of stuff. And Spencer replied and said, Wish we could just go out and say we were taking it all exclusive at this point. And Spencer says, Yeah, we just can't say. Now, it's clear at this point that Stewart thinks it would just be easier to go out and say, it's all exclusive, okay? We're, we're not going to specify first, better, or best. It's just they're ours now. It's all exclusive. Spencer seems to indicate this is still an unknown. He's saying, yeah, we just can't say. Yeah, we don't really know where this is going to go, right? This then led to an email with Matt Booty. Matt Booty wrote to Stewart on the question of making ZeniMax content exclusive. ZeniMax executives were worried about huge fan backlash. This lines up with every theory that I've put out there about this merger. ZeniMax and Bethesda were not wanting their games to be exclusive. And we will, I think in Stewart's testimony, you can see he didn't expect it either. We'll get to that in a second. This is when Matt Stoller's commentary on what was said I think is helpful. Quote, FTC brings up correspondence between Stewart and Booty about dealing with making ZeniMax games exclusive. Booty said that there would be revenue loss, but more Game Pass and Xbox console sales would offset the loss. Foreclosure. It's hard not to see the similarities. Under the surface, the plan was clearly to lose money through foreclosure, even though they told the regulators they had no financial incentive to do a foreclosure strategy. This right here proves that they did have financial incentive for foreclosure strategy. Strategy. They quite literally outlined a financial incentive for foreclosure. Back to Mike. To show this more clearly, quote, Stewart discussing a document we can't see about five strategy scenarios they had around ZeniMax from February of 2021. They had potential scenarios and some of them clearly had foreclosure in them. This means they had financial incentive for foreclosure. This was even discussed with ZeniMax leadership. FTC lawyer says the following. So you're asking in this chat saying, Let's figure out what the ZeniMax leadership team thinks about these scenarios. And some don't want their IP cut from Sony, and Stewart says that's right. There it is in crystal clear language. They didn't want their games made exclusive. And just so we're clear in the timeline, this is all before the deal closes. It really emphasizes that they had financial incentive to foreclose. They modeled it, they considered it, and they basically lied to the regulators. This is evidenced by their own choice to immediately foreclose all Bethesda property in production or even just in contract like with Indiana Jones. And just wait, the announcement even shocked Stewart, proving that this all happened before the deal closed in the next point, Matt Booty warned about gun jumping the issue from talking to Zenimax. Like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 don't gun jump here. You're talking to Zenimax. Quote, we're not able to make changes until the deal closes. Did you hear that? 
that we can't make changes until the deal closes. This was all discussed before the deal closed. Almost like they knew they were going to make changes regardless of what they told the regulators. Now, I want to pivot back to something Matt said about this particular section. Quote, FTC is pointing out that Stewart's valuation of content going out 10 years means that they can lose money in the short term with an acquisition and losing game sales in order to boost Microsoft platforms. This is the case right there. I actually agree with Matt. This adds merits to the FTC's case. You have proof that they were planning foreclosure, they modeled it, and told regulators they had no financial incentive for foreclosure. They conclude this section by making it clear the call was up to Phil Spencer, FTC lawyer. Ultimately, the decision on whether to make a decision that might bring the business below the commitment and the decision about how to get back to that commitment, that's up to Phil Spencer. Quote from Stewart, it's ultimately his call and decision. It is at this point that the news breaks that Canada's Competition Bureau says that Microsoft is not being factually, they're being factually inaccurate. They asked for the letter that they sent to be provided to the judge presiding over this case, and this was to counter the claim that the U.S. was out of step with other regulators. The Canadian Competition Bureau in their letter said this, has concluded that the proposed merger is likely to result in a substantial prevention and or lessening of competition with respect to gaming consoles and multi-game subscription services, as well as cloud gaming, and that the Bureau is continuing to monitor the transaction. Now, many are quick to say Canada already approved it, even Xbox replied or Microsoft and said, the time has passed for you to approve or disapprove this. Listen, they're simply correcting one of the many factual inaccuracies coming from Microsoft over the course of this proposed deal. Now the conversation moved forward to the decision to make ZeniMax properties exclusive. According to Michael Acton, on to November 2021 meeting where senior Microsoft leadership talked to ZeniMax leadership about exclusivity. This was when Spencer made the decision on exclusivity. Stewart said to a colleague, not just new IP, but all games going forward? Wow! You wrote wow, they're asking Stewart here, because that would be a very big decision communicated to you that Spencer made, right? Stewart says, I suppose so. (laughs) I suppose so, right? This is incredibly telling. The CFO, the guy that modeled the deal, is surprised that it's not just new IP, but all games going forward are exclusive. Do you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like foreclosure. Imagine how ZeniMax and Bethesda felt. Also, this is clear. They lied to the regulators. This was not case by case. This was a sweeping decision. They, they, they focused on the model. They go back to the model after this. This, to me, felt like a smoking gun. It was like, you just admitted that you lied to get ZeniMax. This wasn't case by case. You had financial incentive from the beginning. You modeled foreclosure, and then you did it. So everything they're saying about Microsoft buying Activision should probably be looked at through this lens. They focused again on the model, and according to Stewart, quote, colleague ran numbers and created a table that would show how many incremental subscribers Microsoft would need to get into Game Pass, or how much Activision revenue would need to shift to Xbox console to make up for revenue lost on Sony. So now we're back to the Activision model. We're done talking about ZeniMax. Everybody's tired of talking about ZeniMax. Me most of all. This again seems to indicate this quote that they were planning on revenue loss from Sony. They were modeling and calculating what foreclosure would look like, okay? Or what at least partial foreclosure would look like. 
What would they need to make on Game Pass to make up for lost revenue for Sony? The Microsoft lawyer then asks questions that focus on crossplay and revenue generated by Minecraft. This is prompting a question from the judge. The judge says, uh, why didn't they model Nintendo COD revenues? These are brand new customers, Stewart says. They just didn't look. The judge says, so you can't qualify it because you didn't look at it. I think it's important that the judge zeroed in on this. Nintendo contract it has no grounds as a defense. It wasn't calculated. No research was done. Okay, They didn't even talk about the deal with Activision. They didn't talk to Bobby Kotick about bringing Call of Duty to Nintendo. They just used this to posture that, oh, look at us. We're going to put games everywhere. If you can't see through this, I swear your eyes are closed. Microsoft's been posturing and playing a PR game from moment one. Now, according to Matt Stoller, the ending was strong for the FTC. FTC gets Stewart to concede he was modeling a loss of revenue from Sony and whether that could be made up with one more Xbox console uh, and Game Pass sales. Oof. This is a strong finish for the FTC. He goes on to say, how should we think through if Call of Duty switches out of their PlayStation deal, meaning not launching or or no marketing support, and he says either. There are literal emails mapping out a textbook vertical foreclosure scenario with Call of Duty. Okay, did you hear what I just said? There are emails mapping out a textbook vertical foreclosure scenario with Call of Duty. This should be very helpful to the FTC in arguing the merit of their injunction. Keep in mind, Microsoft keeps saying that they won't make Call of Duty exclusive. That's not the point. The point is that you modeled for it. You even lied to the regulators about ZeniMax and said, you know, we, oh, actually, no, I'm sorry, I misspoke. They lied to the regulators when they said there's no model for us taking Call of Duty from PlayStation. That is a lie. You did model for it, as proven through the CFO's testimony. And if you look at their behavior with ZeniMax, it's grounds to consider foreclosure, not just a possibility, but the plan. Now, let's pivot to closing arguments. This is when it gets long, okay? I'm, I'm about halfway through my document. I'm going as fast as I can because this is the longest opening monologue I've ever written in my life. I'm going to rely on Stephen Totillo's tweet thread, okay? Stephen Totillo does an amazing job with these tweet threads when these sorts of things happen. Thank you, Stephen. I was out to dinner with my wife on a date when all this was going down, but I did catch some of the live tweeting. I did find it humorous that folks were claiming that the FTC was scrambling or panicking or phoning a friend. They, they, they couldn't find a page number, okay? None of this is out of the ordinary in cases of massive discovery. Even at the end of closing arguments, the judge acknowledged that the FTC doesn't have the resources that a private firm has. But still, we have to do this emotional projection and people turn this into a spectacle that it's not really a spectacle. This is just standard affair, okay? According to Stephen Totillo, quote, FTC mentions that Microsoft actions over ZeniMax over preview of its incentives to take Activision Blizzard games exclusive. Now, the judge wants to know which ZeniMax games are comparable to Call of Duty. Now, this question matters, but it also kind of doesn't matter. On one hand, it matters... The judge is establishing that Call of Duty's size and game type would incentivize keeping it multi-plat, keeping it on PlayStation. But on the other hand, it doesn't matter, because the revenue impact on Sony from any type of foreclosure would be damaging to customers. This leads to the judge saying that Activision already takes money from platforms to delay releases. The judge is like, this is already happening. There's already stuff like this happening with Activision. So the FTC responds. All exclusives are not bad. That's a red herring. It's okay with platforms 
paying for access in one-offs. Quid pro quo is pro-competitive, and they continue. But acquiring the content removes competition. The judge wants to know the actual harm to consumers within the Gen 9 platform market. And the FTC says post-merger, Microsoft would be incentivized to pursue exclusives that benefit Xbox and not PlayStation. Now, I think the judge is taking the right track here. What does this do to the consumer? The judge wants to know if a 10-year contract with Sony, if that would have happened, would we even be here right now? And the FTC said they would still investigate. Given the contracts with NVIDIA and Nintendo, and how the revenue wasn't even modeled or researched, I think this is the correct thing to say. In light of that the FTC would still need to investigate even if Sony would have accepted a 10 year contract from Microsoft then they spend a bunch of time trying to come up with the where did you get this 20% number the infamous 20% number the judge wants to know what data the FTC's expert looked at to come up with a 20% market share shift if Microsoft buys Activision. This goes back and forth. The FTC is struggling to explain this. They don't look so hot in this in this portion, okay? Eventually, the question is posed. The judge says, tell me in plain English, why would 20% number buy Xbox? What is it about Call of Duty that they would abandon their console of choice? A, a, a real danger in this case is you're going to see a pattern here. The judge doesn't really grapple with the size of Call of Duty, how much money it generates. Well, I mean, I'm sure she can see how much money it generates. She doesn't really grapple with the loyalty to the Leviathan status of Call of Duty. That's a, that's a worrying thing because it is pivotal to the FTC's point because they're arguing the damage to the consumer at that level and that's part of the case Call of Duty is where that number is primarily coming from now a third person from the FTC tries to field this 20% thing the judge is still not satisfied with where the 20% comes from the FTC says 20% is based on inference from prior generations applied to Gen 9 the FTC assures that Lee didn't guess okay The FTC sort of responds and says this, the value being able to play Call of Duty, Diablo, and other games more than just the price of the game. Once they lose that by losing access to the game, one choice is to forego benefit, which is harm, or they have another console, so not much harm, or they could spend 500 on an Xbox. So the Microsoft lawyers push back on the 20%. They say it has no basis. If you're getting lost in this, trust me, they got stuck on this for a minute. The judge articulates that the 20% is critical to the FTC's argument. So they go back and forth, they cite Jim Ryan's, you know, his words, and then finally the FTC finds the page number and they're able to substantiate where they got the 20%. The judge is thankful for the page number and they move on. The judge doesn't need to be convinced in this moment. She just wants to know where is this? Where, where are you getting this number? So that in the two weeks, the one to two weeks, while she's making her choice, she can look at this and, and see the merits of the research and the data. They move on to markets, and this is when the judge betrays some ignorance about gaming PCs. You may have seen this on Twitter. This is again a little worrying that somebody presiding over this case is seemingly so out of touch with where PC gaming is and the market and the prices. Okay, the judge says, don't the people who play Call of Duty already have a PC? FTC says a gaming PC is special, it's not cheap. The judge is baffled. During the sickie, everyone was home with $1,000 PCs. She definitely seems to think everyone has a COD-ready computer. 
I really hope this can be corrected at some level in the weeks that she's looking at this. She can do a little bit of research into the cost that goes into buying a PC, into the consumer sort of aversion to getting into PC. It's not the same as a console. There's a there's a mouse involved, there's a keyboard involved, there's peripherals involved. It's not as easy sometimes to hook up to the television. You got to deal with an operating system. It's not a homogenized gaming experience and it is expensive and hopefully she she's I'm not being mean here. She seems to be quite ignorant about that reality. Now the FTC says hypothetical monopolist could raise price of their console trying to raise the specter of Xbox controlling COD and it could jack up console costs harming consumers. The judge is just hooked on the idea that people would already have PCs and could just switch to that. (laughs) It's just not true. The judge believes that the Xbox would feel pressure to keep price down, fearing customers would jump to PC. Again, just simply not true. You wouldn't have to keep the price of the Xbox down because gaming PCs are significantly more expensive than an Xbox. Most people are going to have to spend at least 1200 or more to get a PC worthy of playing games like Call of Duty on it. You're not going to get it for the price of an Xbox, not even close. The FTC, the law agrees with us. On facts, we don't see evidence that Microsoft benchmarks Xbox against PC performance or price. Microsoft didn't say price of the Xbox was just under the gaming PC. So they're saying, listen, that we're, we, we've got agreement here from the law. This again is concerning. Hopefully the judge can be compelled to see that her vision of gaming PC is just woefully inaccurate to how the consumers and the market behaves uh, and then they move on to the switch now the judge tries to establish whether the series s is a competitor to the switch <laughs> and then the audio feed is lost at the that point i uh, microsoft's like cut the audio we don't want that to really be uh talked about that's funny actually if you think about it the nintendo switch a competitor with the Series S. Anyways, they go back and forth clarifying which Elder Scrolls they were referring to at one point. Elder Scrolls Online is not the same as Elder Scrolls 6. The FTC does say something at this point that is important. Quote, This case isn't decided on traits of games. The case will be decided on economic incentives. This is pivotal in my mind because you can compare game types all you want. It's not about that. It's about economic incentives. And Microsoft's already displayed. They've modeled for foreclosure. They have incentives to do it. They did it with ZeniMax. They've done this before. In both cases, they've claimed they won't do it. They said that was ZeniMax, and they did it anyway. Everybody wants to hand wave that and say they had every right to. They said they had no model, they said they had no incentive, and then they did it. They're doing the same thing now. And the challenge of partial foreclosure is apparently that it can't be modeled for. So you might be considering, oh, they won't do full foreclosure, they'll just pull some of the games, right? Well, the FTC says... We can't model for partial foreclosure. The judge is marveling at all of this for a shooter video game. (laughs) That's worrying (laughs) that she doesn't see all of this over a shooter video game. Call of Duty is monolithic in the gaming world. It's enormous. It's so massive. It's such a center... Uh, piece of gaming of the gaming market the FTC says I completely understand where your honor is coming from our responsibility isn't to make a judgment this again is a tad worrying the judge seemingly unaware of the size the scope the impact and the importance of Call of Duty then Nintendo and Stadia get a mention Microsoft lawyers have a hilarious take I, I found this exchange to be just hilarious the judge wants to discuss Nintendo agreement and the offer to Sony 
FTC, they want to note first that Stadia spent a lot of money but didn't have content and the service died. Consumer was denied choice. Harm can happen, like future products. Microsoft says that Stadia's failure was before the merger. Activision withheld their own content and the judge says no. The FTC is saying that innovation could be stifled and Microsoft says no one is feeling bad for Google over Stadia. Okay, that's not what this case is about. If you're going to sit here and pound on the drum and say the regulators are supposed to protect the consumers, which the judge will touch on in a moment, then Microsoft's response here is comical. No one feels bad for Google over Stadia? Like, innovation potentially being stifled doesn't matter because what? Nobody feels bad for Google. That's not a legal argument. That's not an economic argument. That's not a consumer-driven argument. That's an emotional one. It's a jab at Google. Microsoft then falsely claims that nobody testified over partial foreclosure and the FTC is good to correct this they said no Jim Ryan and Xbox's own CFO have both talked about partial foreclosure so Microsoft once again caught in a false claim then the judge makes a remark that many found to be good for the Xbox side sort of correcting something that the FTC said says FTC says the merger is permanent and they talk about harm to Sony and the judge says it's not the harm to Sony we care about it's the harm to consumers now I find this to be worrying and narrow for a couple of reasons regulators definitely have to protect companies in order to protect consumers it's both and okay harm to Sony leads to harm to consumers it's not so easily sliced you can't protect consumers by just looking at the consumers The only way you protect the consumers is you look at the impact, the economic impact, and what would happen to Sony, okay? Now, the FTC comes back and is good to connect the logic that I just laid out for you. The FTC wants it clear that they're not here to help Sony, but to help consumers. So if Sony feels they have to deprive dev kits to Microsoft for a Microsoft-owned Call of Duty, that hurts consumers. They're both connected. You can't separate them. If you hurt Sony, you hurt the consumer. And then they move on to cloud. The judge believes that consoles will go away the same way DVD players did. They go back and forth on the deals with NVIDIA and Nintendo, and the judge rightly observes the oddity of not researching the financials of these deals. The judge says, "Uh, The point was made during this hearing that financial analysis of these deals wasn't done, says that that seems odd. Microsoft says these companies don't do analysis for every game, and the judge says, This is Call of Duty. So she's catching on. Call of Duty is a big deal. Why wouldn't you crunch the numbers? Microsoft says there's no downside to putting COD on Switch. They know the benefit. That's false. There's no downside to putting Call of Duty on Switch? Really? What if it runs bad? What if the server infrastructure is terrible? What if it leads to bad consumer feedback? A bad taste in the consumer's mouth? Bad PR? Loss of consumer confidence? Loss of investor confidence? Putting Call of Duty on Switch, claiming there is no downside? There's no potential financial risk? That's bull, and Microsoft knows it. I can't believe this didn't get checked. This doesn't make sense of not researching it as well. If you're gonna put newly purchased property on the Switch, you would research the financial potential harm or profit. You wouldn't just say, there's only upside. That's ignorant. The judge even pointed out that in Nintendo's own declaration, the executive of Nintendo that was talking about it didn't even know the terms of the deal. These deals are a distraction. They require further investigation, which just adds more merit to the FTC's case. The judge refers to God of War Ragnarok as the Thor game. Hilarious. The judge seems to think that a big game can come along and be bigger than Call of Duty. The judge cites Hogwarts. 
It was the biggest game of the year until recently. Things come and go, like MySpace. The problem with this thinking is that Call of Duty is endemic and ongoing. It's not a pop-up game like Hogwarts. Call of Duty won't just suddenly be replaced by something else because it's not a game with that type of shelf life. It doesn't have that uh, short longevity. This is, again, a big misunderstanding and an ignorance on the judge's part that I find worrying. This means if you want to topple, if you want to counter or compete with Call of Duty, you need to become endemic as well. This is Microsoft lawyer insisting then. They, they, they come off this subject and they say that Call of Duty is not essential. <laughs> yeah, Call of Duty is not essential. It's just that customers who buy and play Call of Duty buy accessories, games, and hardware and generate somewhere between 14 and $16 billion a year from Sony. But they're not essential. The, the Call of Duty is not an essential title. It's just merely the catalyst to billions of dollars annually. But it's not an essential game sure. FTC says the case law doesn't require that we prove this is a must-have. So they push back and say, we don't have to prove it's a must-have. Then it pretty much winds down. The judge compliments the FTC for keeping up, acknowledging they do not have the resources that the private attorneys do, compliments both sides for taking many witnesses. So, I actually like seeing that. that The judge acknowledged, like, man, FTC, good job keeping up. You don't have the resources these private attorneys have. Maybe that maybe adds some context as to why they struggled to find a page number, maybe. All right, my thoughts on this. Whew, 30 minutes to get to what I think. I believe that both sides landed good points in their closing arguments. I also think the CFO's testimony was very helpful in establishing both merit to the injunction as well as the possibility for winning the block because that's all the FTC has to do here. The hearing that we just went through is to grant the preliminary injunction or to not grant it. This was not to block the deal. All they need to establish is the merit of the case and that they can win. That's why all the bluster about the FTC getting smoked and Microsoft getting cooked. It's just all pointless. The FTC uncovered some very important pieces of information and Microsoft did a good job in closing arguments continuing to make this deal look like it's good for consumers I'm not buying what they're selling I'm smarter than that I know they're lying but they did a good job that's ultimately what the judge has to decide on will this merger hurt Sony's consumers as well as the consumers at large I believe there's grounds to say yes to both. Microsoft has demonstrated models of foreclosure and behavior of foreclosure with ZeniMax. That will hurt Sony's consumers. And secondly, the cloud and mobile aspect, the way they're trying to leverage these contracts, that will hurt consumers in those markets as well. Sadly, cloud was not looked at enough. Much attention and time was wasted on Call of Duty. For now, we have to wait two weeks to decide. The judge is going to take one to two weeks to decide I, for one, hope that the judge sees what is at stake. This wasn't about the FTC versus Microsoft or even PlayStation versus Xbox. This was about the massive potential harm this merger could cause for consumers. And given that potential harm, the FTC should be granted their injunction to further investigate. In just one week's time, we've seen what's really behind the curtain. And none of it is pro-consumer. It's all pro-Microsoft. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions. Longest show open in the history of what I do here. I had to be exhaustive, okay? This was my longest show open to date. I hope I never have to read through a live tweet thread of a merger or court case ever again in my life, okay? I did my best to give you as much 
pertinent information without getting into the bogged down details, like minor details. There was little minor things. If you feel I skipped over anything because I'm trying to be underhanded, I literally did my absolute best, okay? I have limited time. I'm married. I got two kids. I did everything I could to gather the information and give you an accurate accounting of what took place in these court cases, okay? Second, I was already convinced this deal was bad for gamers earlier this year. Just last week, in this last week, really confirmed all of my suspicions about Microsoft. So much of what they said about ZeniMax and Bethesda, what, so much of what I said about ZeniMax and Bethesda turned out to be true. It's a giant cautionary tale if you look at what happened to that company and those games and what they thought and what ended up happening. Remember when I said Todd Howard's announcement of the Bethesda merger made it seem that they didn't anticipate getting all their titles made exclusive? I was right. That's exactly what Pete Hines and Todd Howard thought. Even the CFO of Xbox was surprised with what they did with those titles. So, buckle up. We'll all be surprised about what Microsoft really does when they get Activision Blizzard. Because clearly, they have a habit of not telling the truth. It's a giant cautionary tale. And if you're wanting this deal to go through, look at what happened to ZeniMax as a warning sign. If you're supporting this based on what Microsoft is saying, they've already got one deal by lying, and they're aiming to get another. The third thing I want to say is, beyond what happened with ZeniMax, the emails, the models, the admissions are, in my estimation, they're damning. So much grandstanding and posturing to the public, and it was all untrue. My conclusion is this. Microsoft has proven to me, as a consumer, that they don't value what I'm looking for. I want high-value premium products. They want mass-spending, loss-lead subscription model, which degrades quality of anything you put on it, if you look at any other economic structure that tries this approach. And, if they have their way, they're going to hurt the ecosystem and the companies that give me what I value. So... I stand against this deal, and I hope it's blocked. It has never been more clear to me that Microsoft is bad for gaming. The second largest company in the world doesn't like being not in first place, and they want to employ vertical foreclosure in order to get there. And the very least, I think the FTC should be allowed to look at this further. I was glad that the judge acknowledged that they don't have the resources of a private firm because in just one week's time they exposed significant things about Microsoft and their plans as well as their dishonesty. Give them a chance to comb over this exhaustively because if not, we all lose if Microsoft wins. And that's the show open. I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) Make sure you guys smash the like button. Welcome in. It's the end of the week. It's Friday. We got through it. We did it. We did it. We got through the case. (laughs) We got through the case. We just have to wait now. I'm so relieved. I don't want to read through another tweet thread. I don't want to read through more lawyers grandstanding. I don't want to hear any more nonsense from CFOs and CEOs and BTOs. I don't know what a BTO is, but listen. We made it. We made it to Friday. I don't know what y'all think, because this could go either way. I don't think one side smoked. I don't think one side cooked. I don't don't think it's that clean. I really, really don't. I do not think that that this is as clean cut as that. Obviously, the people that want the deal to go through are convinced that the FTC looked like a joke. And then the people that don't want Microsoft to get the deal, they're convinced that the deal is done. Thank you, Darth Nihilus, for 18 months in a VIP. Thank you so much. Captain Steve, my man. Captain Steve, I told you I was on your heels. 30K, 30,000 subscribers. We did it. We did it. Let's just go home. I'll see you guys later. I'm just kidding. Yes, I caught you. 30,000 subscribers. 
Ryan Waite with four months says, let's go. Hope everybody is doing okay. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you're smashing the like button. And hey, let's get started on the member goal. Every 25, I give five. We are almost into July when I have to shave my beard because you guys hit such a huge member number in June. And you get to reap those benefits in sweet, sweet July. Big Mole with nine months. GG's on the show. Open and breathe. Thank you. A gifted member from DK Bagger. He's going to kick the day off just right. Every 25 members, I gift five. Excuse me. Catwalk with a gifted member. Swade says, I missed it. Could you give me a recap? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Man, I actually think at the very end there, I think Microsoft made it tough. They did. I'll give it to them. They made it tough on the FTC. I think they kept driving home the idea that, like, we're not going to do that. We're That's not our plan. We're, we're all for the consumer. Yo, crave it with four months. Love your energy, man. Keep it up. Five months from Whiskey Neat. You're done doing a great job covering this. Lono, congrats on 30K and happy Friday. And 20 gifted from Rissick. 20 gifted members to kick off Friday, taking us to 22 out of 25. The man himself, Rissick. Dislike, disingenuous, disinformation. What a username. Says, awesome show open. I agree. Microsoft's been doing this kind of stuff for decades. They'll do it again. Kratos decides to jump in as a VIP, and we count those as two. That's a four. We're working our way to 350 VIPs and five gifted members from Tyler Johnson. He comes in and pushes us all the way to 29 out of 50. Every 25, I get five. You guys already nailed the first 25. Let's cook. What a day. Joker Quinn with a month and a VIP says, love everything you do. Thank you very much. If you guys have never been here before, I hope you're enjoying the show. Curious what you think about how this all played out yesterday. I think the CFO helped the FTC significantly, but I really do think Microsoft is, is they're doing, they're doing just fine. I don't think it's as clean cut. I, I, I think the FTC proved the merits of their case. I think they proved they could win and that's all they had to do. That's all they had to do. By the way, this shirt comes from Ripped Apparel. If you like this, Deadpool with all of the Marvel guys over here trying to attack him. Use the shirt command or there's a shirt link in the description below. You can go to bit.ly forward slash reforge ripped. Lawson with three months in a VIP. Keep up the good work, Lono. Thank you for doing all the dirty Twitter work so we don't have to. Grats on 30K. And everybody upgrade to VIP. We have a VIP only stream today. That's right, you get an end-of-the-week unfiltered stream with me and my producer. G to the Universe hits a month, and he's a VIP as well. Lona, your shirt game is... Thank you very, very much. And split end 89 with a month and a blue badge. In the end, all the execs aren't anyone's friend. They just want your money. DK Bager rolls it over, and that's the layup. Pushes it to 30. It's now within 20 of 50. Somebody can slam it home. Thank you for being here, DK Bager. You the best. You the best. No, we work with 80s tees, we work with Into the AM, and we also work with Ripped Apparel, so we work with all of them. Thank you so much, Joker Quinn, for gifting a member. Rolls it past the layup. Now you can do the layup, slam at home, and be the agent of chaos and push it to 51 if any of the big boys are in chat. 
actions speak louder than words. The fact that the FTC uncovered evidence that they had discussed before ZeniMax deal closed, that they had an exclusivity plan for future games, it proves that Microsoft can't be trusted. I agree with you, Deadly Dad Gaming. Garrett Green with 10 months says, Mergers this size have always been bad for the consumers. If the deal goes through, prices for Xbox and Game Pass will rise and games will be less quality. 10 months from Graydon says, Great breakdown, Lono. Keep it up. 30k hype. And he gifts five members and pushes us to 36. Guys, thank you so much for just an incredible start to the day. We appreciate everything that you do for this channel. I really, really do. It's just been incredible. This week has been insane. Now listen, I don't like covering this. I don't like covering it, but the support, the positivity, the energy, the kindness, we haven't had to put up with a lot of crap. It's just been so encouraging. Thank you. And 10 gifted members from Krayos, and he pushes it to 46. And my man Swade's gonna come in, and he says, on three months, keep blazing the trail Lono. Thank you, Swade. Dad not good with 17 months and it's a VIP. That's what we do here, man. You guys are great. I am going to be doing a recap discussion with 30 and still gaming. I am. I'm, I'm going to be doing that. Uh, Xbox FTC case live. Uh, I got to save these thumbnails. I got to schedule our stream with him because it's going to go live in about uh, 40-ish minutes. So, we, we're, we're not done discussing it when I go over there, by the way. It'll be an opportunity for you guys to, to, to uh, I'm stammering. You guys will have an opportunity to debate, discuss, and get into the discussion with us. Dad, not good with 10. I see it behind what I'm doing. Pushes us to 56. Rolls it over on the next goal to 75. And then five more from Mike on the mic. And he pushes it to 61 out of 75. I'm like shout casting gifted members. You guys are absolutely incredible. The support this week, the channel hitting 30k. Mike on a mic says, yo, 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 with a 16-month milestone and a VIP. Welcome back, my friend. Love you, Mike on a mic. Appreciate you very, very much. I gotta schedule this stream with 30 and still gaming. You guys, if you've never been here on a Friday, what we do typically is we do an opening stream where we kind of talk it up, we yuck it up, we chop it up, and then I head over to a second stream on this channel. You don't have to go anywhere, don't worry. Uh, on this channel, and we discuss it with my good friend 30 and Still Gaming, so make sure you don't miss that. We also end every Friday with an unfiltered VIP stream, and then every Friday night, my wife and I hang out with you guys. We, we have some laughs, we have a couple drinks. And we play a game. You're not going to want to miss tonight. I'm going to play that stupid game only up. And uh, it might break me. It might break me. I, I, is my, I feel like my, I can never tell what my hair looks like in the, in the, with the dark blue. Eh, whatever. Anyways, Jocko the Taco with four months that says congrats on 30 K, I appreciate that so, so much. Thank you so much. Guys, welcome on in. Make sure you're smashing the like button. Listen, I want to know what you think. We're kind of getting in that thing where the chat's getting taken over by gifteds, but try to get in what you think. $5 from Charles Hawk. Thanks for the straight to the point facts. I'm listening while I get my kids ready for school. Thank you for the $5 super chat. I appreciate that so, so much. Guys, I appreciate what you're saying and what you're doing, but I want to know, what did you think? What did you think? <clears throat> about the CFO first and foremost I feel like the CFO really added to the merits of the case I also feel like they did a good job in their closing arguments 
I, I think the FTC did fine. I don't think that everybody's like, they did terrible. They got their butt kicked. I, I don't think it's that extreme. I think Microsoft landed some good blows at the end there, right? I think they did. I think the judge will side with Xbox. If all we were deciding right now was to whether or not to block it, I think Microsoft comes away. If we're deciding on the merits of the case and whether or not the FTC could win, I think the FTC gets granted their preliminary injunction. I don't think it's as clean as everybody thinks. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it's JW comes in with five gifted members and pushes us to six to six. Route 66 on our way to 100 easy today. You guys are insane. One from DK Baker pushes us to 67. I think the FTC won the right for further investigation. Love the introduction. Good job. Thank you for the two spot. Thank you, Ducks. A lot of people don't realize that. That's all the FTC had to do. They had to establish the merits of their case and make it appear like, hey, we could win. You let us push forward and we could win. And if the judge sees fit to say, yeah, yeah, the case has merit, you get to get your preliminary injunction. This is not a case to block. The FTC didn't prove their case. The judge even alludes to this. Uh, You can't be out of this touch. Okay, where does the judge allude to that? What are you basing that off of? I I read through through, uh, Stephen Totillo's thread of everything that was said. I didn't see anything alluding to that the FTC was going to lose. Where are you getting that? Quintar with a 20 bomb comes in and takes us to 87. Takes us all the way to 87. Screams past 75. Gee, many Christmas, Quintar. I don't think the FTC will get their injunction because it could lead to the end of the deal. I don't think the judge thinks that should happen. That's not what you base the decision on, Hilly. The decision of, of granting the injunction is not whether or not it ends the deal. Y- that's that's not how the decision is made. It's made based on the merits of the case and whether or not the FTC can win. The judge isn't going to say, well, Activision said they'll walk away if I grant the injunction, so I better not grant the injunction. That's That's not how the decision is made. You can close it. Sorry. Ray uh, Ray Roberidge gifts a member and pushes us to 88 members on the day. During the hearing, Microsoft revealed the private, uh, Project Q will be under 300. That I, I think it'll be... I thought it was going to be 300. I thought it was going to be 299. So if, if it ends up being 250, isn't that the price of the stinking edge controller? Lone Wolf comes in and gifts a single and pushes us to 89. When the judge said that Microsoft is doing is not anti-competitive and better for consumers, the judge never concluded that. A lot of the times what the judge is doing is is pushing against certain notions and asking certain questions. The judge didn't come to that conclusion in any of the threads I looked at. 90 out of 100, another gifted member from Lone Wolf. Happy Friday, Lono. Great show as always. Thank you so much, UK. I appreciate that. I, I didn't see that in any in the threads that I was looking at. I never saw the judge say what they're doing is not is not anti-competitive. How could the judge possibly know that the deal hasn't gone through yet? the The judge claiming that the this deal or what Microsoft is doing is not anti-competitive, she can't make that conclusion yet. The deal hasn't gone through. 
another one from Ray Roberidge or Ray Roberge. I'm just going to call you Ray. Another gifted from Ray. (laughs) Thank you, Ray. Pushing us to 91. Another one from DK Baker. I'm not allowed to read chat because of the gifted member train. I apologize. These guys are being maliciously generous. Uh, FTC could have done a better job at having answers for the judges' questions. Make her better understand their points. You did a better job explaining something than the FTC. Dave, that actually concerns me. Number one, the FTC struggling with struggling with getting to the 20% page number. If that's so pivotal to their argumentation, they should have had that more prepared. The other thing they should have done is they should have pushed back much harder. Now, again, I wasn't in the Zoom call. I don't know how hard they pushed on this. They really should have pushed back on the judge's understanding of PC gaming. She just thinks that everybody's sitting at home with the gaming PC ready to go for Call of Duty. And it's like, no, that's not true at all. Ryan Stefan or Stefan. Thank you, Ryan, for gifting a member and takes us to 93. It's a single gifted member train. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, they should have pushed back much harder on that. Now, I wasn't in the call. I don't know if they pushed back harder on that or not. But her contention was, oh, yeah, consumers just have PCs. If they foreclose Call of Duty on PlayStation, then they can just play Call of Duty on their PC. It's like, th- no, that's not true. That presumption's unfounded. If she, listen to me. If the judge is going to decide in the case of Call of Duty foreclosure hurting consumers, and she decides based on a conclusion that, well, everybody has a PC in their home. It doesn't matter. They'll just be able to get Call of Duty on their PC. It's like, you need to be able to factually back that up according to market research, and you can't do that. You, you, cannot, you cannot come to that conclusion. That's not a facts-based conclusion. That's a presumption about the market that's unfounded. Where's your proof that the average PlayStation 5 owner has a PC ready to rock and roll and can be like, oh, no worries. I'll just go over here and play Call of Duty. That's not that's not true. It's not, You can't demonstrate that in the market from any of the research that we have available. The judge also asked questions specifically for the purpose of putting it in the record. The judge could know the answer, but it formally puts it in writing. That as well, like I think a lot of people don't understand, they're like, oh no, she's on Microsoft's side, and it's like, a lot of the time she's pressing on lines of reasoning and reports because she wants it to be a matter of the record. She's going to look at all this over the next couple of weeks. Dr. Lee didn't even know how he got the 20%. I mean, that's false. They provided the page number, and now she can look at it and decide for herself if the 20% had merits. Like, she just wanted to know where they got it. Another gifted member from New Yorkian. The issue is whether there are alternative ways to access the game that wouldn't cause harm to the consumer, Zubair. She's presuming that, oh, it wouldn't cause harm to the consumer. They would just have to play on a PC. It would cause harm to the consumer if you withhold and do foreclosure, and now they have to buy an Xbox or a gaming PC. Her presumption is that there'd be no harm because, oh, yeah, they, they have a PC in their home already. That's the problem with what she's saying. Just because the game's available elsewhere doesn't mean consumers are not harmed. She made that point. Our concern is the consumer. Well, consumers are not sitting around. The 48% of the people who buy Call of Duty on PlayStation are not all sitting around with a PC gaming rig ready to go to play Call of Duty if it switches to exclusively on PC and Xbox. 
Her presumption's not factually founded and is therefore irrelevant. Like, that, that's my biggest concern about this case is the judge. I think the FTC did a good job. I think Microsoft did a good job. I think the, I think the judge is out of touch on a number of things. She seemed baffled by how much people cared about Call of Duty. What? What? Why, why are you baffled by that? You're, you're weighing in on an acquisition of the property owner of Call of Duty. And you don't know the reach, the size, the importance, the centrality that Call of Duty plays in the economic system of gaming itself? Come on! I, she's my biggest concern in all of this. It's like, I think the FTC unearthed a ton of really telling things. The CFO's testimony alone, I thought, was very telling. Microsoft can wave their hands all they want and say, we're not going to do it, or, you know, we're, we're all about you know, uh, crossplay and Minecraft. Shut up. Look what you did to Zenimax. Shut up. We don't trust you anymore. You're a bunch of liars. You lied to the regulators. You lied to Zenimax. You lied to everybody. Your own CFO was surprised. Wow. He said, wow. The CFO of Xbox, when they make the announcement that new all IP going forward is is exclusive, that's not case by case. You you got caught lying. That's on the FTC attorneys and not conveying that is their uh, in their briefing and motions. You have to tell the judge uh, what you need the judge to know, right? But Zubair, to a certain extent, if the judge is going to make presumptions about things that are not factually founded, you can't blame that on the FTC. If the judge says, "Well, in my estimation, everybody has a five thousand uh, dollar PC in their house." The FTC is obviously going to push back on that, and they did. I believe the FTC did. They pushed back and they said that's not the case. They said PC games are special. PC games, PC game. Uh, I'm sorry, PC game gaming rigs, PC rigs for games are expensive and they're special. They did push back on what what she said, but they can't be in a moment's notice suddenly required to like provide market wide research to unsubstantiate her claim that like everybody's just sitting with a thousand dollar PC in their home to, to play to play Call of Duty like in a moment's notice they're supposed to be like well wait that, that that's not true we, we can't whip that up right now but that's not true you can't make a decision based off of that five thousand I was throwing out a hypothetical in her estimation getting a gaming rig isn't that expensive and most people have one already Dippy Narwhal, if the preliminary injunction is denied, do you think Microsoft closes over the CMA and it's pretty much a done deal? No. No, I don't think so. I think the CMA is another hurdle because they're taking a completely different tact and approach. Getting past the preliminary injunction doesn't mean the CMA rolls over. I still think the CMA is going to make their case on cloud. And they're going to cite the, the Canadian regulator basically saying, hey, whoa, whoa, Microsoft's not being factually uh, accurate here. We, we didn't say that. We said that we thought this would lead to substantial lessening of competition. So the judge was spot on. How is the judge spot on? Right now, substantiate to me how the judge knew what in the frick she was talking about with PC gaming rigs. PC gaming rigs aren't even 1,000. Was, oh, was the FTC saying 1,500? Yeah, if you want a good rig to play Call of Duty, you're going to spend twelve to $1,500, even if you bargain shop. The average consumer isn't going to build their own rig. They're going to go pre-built. They're going to easily spend 1500 bucks on a gaming rig. 
She doesn't know what in the frick she's talking about. You don't need a PC that can run all ultra settings. Homie, a $500 Xbox or a $400, I'm sorry, is it $500 or $300? A $500 or $300 Xbox versus a gaming rig. The gaming rig to, to run Call of Duty at the level of those consoles is easily over $1,000. You'd have to bargain hunt and build your own rig to get it under 1000 you, you You gotta spend 1500 minimum. Again, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And I, I, I really hope the FTC compelled her to be like, no, nobody is just sitting around with being like, Oh, it's no big deal if Call of Duty leaves a PlayStation 5. I've got my $1,500 gaming rig just sitting over here waiting. That's just not true. They could buy a Series S. No, see, you're, you're conceding harm to the consumer, which would make the FTC case have merit, which would grant the preliminary injunction. If Microsoft's comeback was they can just buy an Xbox, they can just buy a Series S, that's harm to the consumer. You, you, that, that would grant the FTC's preliminary injunction. Microsoft's comeback was not, well, they can just, they can just buy a, they can just buy a, 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 an Xbox. <laughs> that wasn't their comeback for a reason. That would be concession of harm to the consumer. You can't be like, no, yeah, we can do foreclosure strategy. They can just come buy an Xbox. Oh, oh, but, huh? So vertical foreclosure is fine and harming the consumer is fine. Cool. We're, we're gonna we're gonna block your deal. We're gonna gr- well not block it. We're gonna grant the preliminary injunction. They can just buy a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Most people have computers, but can they run games? I don't know. Yeah, the average person's home computer is not equipped to run COD at the level that they would want. They would want to buy a rig at the, at the $1,500 price range. Approximately. Approximately the $1,500 price range. You, 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 nobody's going to go out and build a rig and bargain hunt and go to Newegg. The average consumer is not educated on these matters. They're not. They go to the store, they buy the box, they plug it in their TV, and that's the end of the matter. A thousand dollar gaming PC could run P- could run COD. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand. It doesn't matter if it's nine hundred. That's harm to the consumer. The consumer is not sitting there ready to go with a with a thousand to two thousand dollar rig. Whatever price range you think in your own estimations required for Call of Duty, the consumer doesn't have that. That's the point. The judge's presumption that everybody that owns a PlayStation 5 is just sitting there with a gaming rig waiting in the wings in case this foreclosure strategy happens is an unfounded, falsifiable position. That's not true. You can look at the market. You can look at the Steam reports. You can look at the hardware saturation saturation reports. That simply isn't true. You can't just be like, no big deal. Call of Duty is no longer available on the PS5. Let me just slide my rig in place. That's for you to prove to the judge that being true isn't relevant otherwise. No, you can't. She can't decide based on a presumption. She has to decide based on fact and law. That's false. If she comes out and says, oh, I decided this because in my estimation, PS5 owners have they already have $1,000 PCs in their home. No, we don't decide cases based on presumption. We decide them based on fact and law. 
I know it sounds going to be like, it's not about what you know, it's what you can prove. Like, I know that sounded good in law-abiding citizen, but she can't make that decision on a presumption. That would be absolutely terrible. Yo, Cardock Ren's going to bank six all on his own and take us all the way to 100 gifted members. Thank you, Cardock. The recommended specs for Warzone 2 is a 1060. Most gamers already have a PC better than that. No, it's simply not true that everybody's sitting around with a gaming rig ready to go. That isn't true. You're using a stat from Steam that shows the average gaming PC owner who plays on Steam is ready to play Warzone. Sure, that doesn't concern the PS5 consumer base. You can't presume, well, according to Steam and Steam hardware reports, everybody has this level of video card uh, within this range and could play minimum specs Warzone. that's not what was being presumed what was being presumed was that PS5 owners have that rig ready to go if the fact isn't presented and accepted what do you expect to happen that fact wasn't presented she presumed it on her own she presumed it on her own if she makes a judgment based on an unfounded presumption come on she's not going to do that she won't, says Zubair. She'll make it based on the motions in the briefing. This was a line of questioning during a hearing. I don't think it merits this much concern. Well, Zubair being a lawyer is essentially saying her line of questioning is not conclusive. So if she's questioning and that's a presumption and the FTC countered that presumption with their own with their own motions, with their own briefings, with their own responses, I think they gave an ample answer. They were like, no, a gaming PC is special thousand dollars minimum to get a gaming pc it's more expensive than a dadgum xbox that's harm to the consumer i hope she's swayed by that i do i hope she's swayed by that because i don't think you can conclude it wouldn't harm the consumer it would i doubt any of these microsoft shills would actually articulate what this case is even determining or how regulatory committees work ftc lost a lot of cases ftc did their job yeah i did i don't i don't like engaging with people like that they're just they're just like shaky leaf fanboys who are like it's fine we're gonna get it it's going through you've been saying that for seven months shut up shut up stop it it's a long process it might close but just because you've said it for seven months doesn't mean you were right it's good close it's good close it's closing today it's close do you remember when the cma put out their their preliminary conclusion Come on. Richard Rodriguez with a $2 super chat tip. So what does the FTC need bare minimum for an injunction? It's twofold. They have to prove the merits of the case. I believe they did that quite handedly. The next thing they have to prove is that they can win. It might even be that they, they will win. Zubair might have to correct me on this. Is Do they have to prove that they can win or that they will win? Those are two different things. I believe they prove merits of the case. They also have to prove... I believe they have to prove that winning is likely, and then they're granted their preliminary injunction. They have to do both of those things. I believe they did the first one quite handedly. I believe they proved merits of the case without a shadow of doubt. The testimonies were strong in favor of... Keep in mind what I'm saying. The testimonies from Xbox were strong to grant further investigation. That's what I'm saying. You gotta zoom out. I'm not saying that the testimonials were strong... In order to block, the testimonials were strong in order to look further. 
they have to prove that they could win likely on the merits so the merits of the case are are are, are hand in hand with we've proven merit but we've proven based on these merits that we could win I have my concern of the deal now however I'm quite concerned that the judge does not understand gaming <clears throat> and they lost merits of the case by not being able to win at the end let me double check okay like I- I'm not the judge but from where I sat this this grants further investigation it grants further investigation like no no fanboyism no fandom as a consumer I, I saw some of these emails I saw some of these statements and I'm like whoa 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 we need to look further into this. Are you freaking kidding me? They were modeling foreclosure of Zenimax. They, they told the regulators they had no incentive. They said they had no revenue incentive to do it. They modeled foreclosure. Phil's out here telling people we don't ever have a model. We've never had a model where we take Call of Duty from PlayStation. That's bull. The the CFO was like, we yeah, we modeled foreclosure. <laughs> Come on! There are merits for further investigation here. Judges routinely don't understand things. They can't be experts on everything. One case is about video games, and the next is about pig farming. It's on the attorneys. You gotta, yeah, you gotta consider what Zubair is saying. Maybe I was a little hard on the judge. I, you know, I tried to say things like, I found this to be worrying. <laughs> you know, and the reason it's worrying is, Did the FTC educate her enough? It's not just about making a case. It's about educating her on what's going on. They aren't getting a preliminary injunction. You're delusional. There's no more discovery, even for the August hearing. Cool. People like you are too insecure to hang out here. You want to throw around insults? Go hang out where that's the brand. Is foreclosure the fact of preventing another platform from using your IP? Yeah, so basically when they ran models of revenue loss of partial or full foreclosure and they ran the numbers to figure out how much they would need to make in order to counteract the losses, that's a foreclosure model. It's a vertical foreclosure model. You're basically saying, we're going to buy this if we take it from over there, we lose revenue when we do that. Remember how I said for the longest time, I was like, there's no way they could take Call of Duty from PlayStation. Their fiduciary duty would not allow them to do that. They would lose so much money. It just, it would never happen. Okay? That's that's seemingly something they considered. They ran models where if we foreclose on Sony, not everything, they wouldn't just rip every Activision Blizzard property. If we foreclose, if we pulled titles from over there, how much would we have to counteract that with Game Pass? They ran those models. They ran the same freaking models for Zenimax. They ran the same models for Zenimax. And then they did it. After saying they had no incentive to do it. Don't you see? Please let this end. That's an amazing thumbnail creature. That's an amazing thumbnail. Did Phil say that in an interview or during a testimony? Oh, it's all blending together now, detective. I can't remember. I know for a fact he said it in the Xbox on interview. Did he say it in testimony? 
I actually don't know. I know I'm I'm 100% certain he said it in the Xbox on uh, interview. I remember watching it. We never had a model where we would take play- Call of Duty from PlayStation. I don't know if he said that under oath. I covering that this week, my my freaking brain is mush from everything that I've read. I'm usually very good at recollection and I can't recall if he said that this week. I if somebody can find a quote then we'll know for sure. Somebody might have to help me with that one. I don't want to speak definitively about the man lying under oath. That's, you know, it's pretty serious if he did. As the Third Circuit has explained, quote, the FTC is not required to establish that the proposed merger would in fact violate Section 7 of the Clayton Act at this stage of preliminary injunction. Yeah, they just have to prove merits of their case and then a likely win based on those merits. They don't have to prove that the merger would violate the... What, Section 7 of the Clayton Act? They're not trying to block right now. That's what people keep forgetting. They're not trying to block. I can't believe he would say there was no models. That data is always modeled to see what would happen, so that confuses me. Because he wanted to make it seem Detective Seeds. I'm telling you right now, I've never said this before. Phil Spencer was lying in that interview. He wanted to make it appear as though we've never even considered that. It's never even been on our radar. That's a lie. That's not true. It was on your radar. You've considered it. You've modeled it. You did it with Zenimax. You modeled it. You considered it. You told the regulators you had no incentive to do it. It would be case by case. All of that was a lie. I don't like saying that. I've defended Phil a lot. But that interview, when he said that, it wasn't true. And he knew it. Also, when he said they weren't pursuing Japanese companies, he wasn't telling the truth. You know, all he had to say was, I can't comment on that. And he went out, he, he said, he, another gifted member, Stephen Marson, pushes us over the 100, pushing us to the next goal of 125. I now owe you guys 20 members. Francis Steen says, if the deal goes through, Sony will be fine and still on top. Let's support them instead with their games of service approach. Let's give them their games a chance. I mean, I, that's, I'm not... That's not even something worth discussing right now. I think that is a fair assumption to make of why he did that for sure. Only logical reason that makes sense. Dubert says, does anyone know if Phil was being deposed as himself or as a 30B6 corporate representative? I have no idea, Zubair. I didn't even know you could be deposed as one or the other. Broken Messiah with a five spot. The judge may as well consider the FTC is pushing... Hang on. The judge may as well consider the FTC is pushing to block, considering ABK has said they will walk if the FTC get their injunction. That's no. See, the problem with that is, and I talked about this yesterday with uh, another lawyer. That's that is not how the case is decided. The case is not decided about Bobby Kotick saying we'd walk away. That's not how it's decided. Yo, ghost in the garage games dropping a fifty bomb, one fifty one. Gee, many Christmas. I'm going to have to give you guys a member count. Holy mackerel. That's a big one. 50 gifted members. Every Friday, it's hot. You don't want to miss tonight. If you're one of the lucky people getting a gifted member right now, make sure you get into our Discord. Make sure you turn on notifications. Every Friday night around 8 p.m. Eastern, my wife and I come down here. We hang out with you for about an hour or two. We just talk. It's fun. We have laughs. We have some drinks. It's kind of like AMA. It's kind of a debrief. And then we play a game. I'll be playing only up tonight. She'll riff me, rip me up one side, down the other. It's a game that you might have seen Doc Disrespect or Timmy Tenders playing it. All right? 
Hang on. Um, Zubair says, that's for chat. If it was himself, then he didn't know what he didn't know. But if he's representing Xbox, the company, he was expected to know such things. When he said that they weren't seeking Japanese companies, that was an interview. That wasn't at a deposition. But is there anything stopping the judge from considering that? Just because the judge isn't supposed to doesn't mean the judge won't. Like, like, There should have a 50 and above club. Oh, for people that gift 50? Hang on, let me give you guys a member count. Running riot. Here's the deal. <clears throat> Here's the deal. If if she judges the case based on Bobby Kotick saying, we will likely walk away if the preliminary injunction is granted... That has nothing to do with the decision. So if she comes back in a week or two and says that, that is absolutely worthy of appeal. You be, What? Can you imagine how easy it would be to get preliminary injunction hearings thrown out? Uh, Your Honor, if you grant this preliminary injunction, we're going to walk away. Consider this deal blocked. Oh gosh, I better not grant this preliminary injunction then. That would that would be appealed before your neck could like look left or right. Like what's gonna happen? Thought I'd use this Mark 186. Let's hope everyone has a great weekend. Thank you, Mark. That that's not it's not judged based on what the defendant will do if the preliminary injunction is granted. That would be extremely ridiculous. Now, internally in her brain, is she thinking that? I don't know. As a judge, she can't think like that. Oh well, I they would walk away from the deal if they actually have to go through this process. What do you mean? The actual due process of investigation into a massive, unprecedented acquisition? The size of the deal merits merits the case almost on its own. It's enormous. It's tectonic. And you're not going to let the governing regulatory body in America look at it? What? Seriously? Bill Spencer himself said they welcome oversight and regulatory bodies combing over everything. Okay. It'll still pressure her? I don't think so. Legend coming in with 13 months in a VIP. We currently have 4,356 members. 4,356. You guys are on your way back to 4,500, which is crazy. There are a very specific set of questions of fact and law put before the judge, and that's what the judge decides. Yeah, fact and law, not Bobby Kotick said they'll walk away if the preliminary injunction is granted. Like, that's not, there, that's, I'm telling you, that's, there's no way. Yo, Hayasho jumps in with their own membership. Look, guys, you don't have to sit around and wait for a gifted. Click the dollar sign at the bottom of the chat. Click join. It's five bucks to be a part of what we do here. You get a badge next to your name. You get emotes. You get into our members only discord you can watch all of our members only content you can hang out tonight with my wife and i if you upgrade to vip you can hang out this afternoon with me and my producer it's unfiltered you get a look behind the curtain at what we do what we think gets a little rough but it's fun no coffee orders yet uh today no wait we do have a coffee order from oh today from 20 minutes ago two bags of dark roast two I don't know who this is. 
I, we have got to figure out a better way of getting people's usernames. We switched to to Shopify. I can't ever freaking see anything. Uh, I don't know who this is. You have to just speak up in chat. That's so not celebratory. Thanks, person. I miss the I miss the old system so much. I'd get a little email. I'd be like, somebody ordered some coffee. Thanks, so and so. I'd be able to read their username. Like not having that is absolutely zapped the the life out of that moment. We got to figure that out. Creature seems cool. He's very cool. Can you explain why experts in the field disagree with you that the FTC haven't proven cause for preliminary injunction? Fallacy of the expert. I, I don't care about that. Get your feeling out of your thinking and go off facts presented like the experts. I've seen plenty of experts that actually agree with me. So do you want to do you want to compete with each other and play fallacy of the expert and see how many experts agree with you and how many experts agree with me? We're trying to have a discussion. You, you want to go and cherry pick experts on Twitter that agree with you. That's called confirmation bias. You know what's funny? None of my argumentation is leaning on that. Have I once this morning leaned on experts and said, well, this expert, that expert, or this person on Twitter agrees with me? Did I do that once? Did I do that once? No. I'll subscribe for a year if you tell the truth. I'll ban you for being an idiot. It's an easier exchange for my life to get you out of here. Take your 60 bucks and, I don't know, go buy a video game. The experts are the ones saying both sides have merit. Yeah, I've not seen a single expert. I even saw somebody who leans typically in Xbox's favor on this deal. They were like, "Eh, I don't know. This could go either way. Matt Stroller. I used Matt because his Twitter thread was helpful. I quoted his opinion once. I didn't base my 45-page document or my 30-minute monologue on Matt. I, I quoted his opinion one time. I quoted his opinion one time. I, I'm not, I've, I've not once in my exchange with you guys in the last 40 minutes said, well, so-and-so agrees with me. Well, so-and-so agrees with me. No, I quoted him once because I thought his opinion was valid at that point. It was like, yeah, I agree with what he's saying here. That's not me saying I'm right because an expert agrees with me. You see the difference? Fallacy of the expert is, this is true. I am right because these experts say so. That's fallacy of the professional, fallacy of the expert. You could also do fallacy of the group. All these people think this, therefore I am right, therefore it is true. That's a fallacious way to argue. I've, I've not once tried to say I am right or correct because of this expert. I am right or correct because of this group of people. I've merely used my own logic, my own reason, my own argumentation to establish what I think. And I think we saw enough in the last week to merit an injunction and a further investigation. If you don't think that, guaranteed dollars to donuts it's based on fandom and not fact-finding. You don't care about what Matt Booty says. You don't care what Tim Stewart says. You don't care how much dishonesty happened with Zenimax. That doesn't matter to you. Because facts get overridden by fandom. They get overridden by fandom. None of that matters to you. 
Don't don't come at me with your experts when you're so when you're so dyed in the wool cheering for one side because of Game Pass and your green tattoos. Like I've not met a single person who supports this deal that isn't clearly doing it because they're a fan of Xbox. There's a there's a bent towards an American-owned company. There's a bent towards Microsoft. There's a bent towards Xbox. I've not found a single person totally neutral. It's like yeah, this is great. This is totally fine. Yeah, the last week of discovery, none of that matters. None of those emails matter. None of the dishonesty matters. None of the lies matter. None of that. That's, that stuff's just a bunch of bogus nonsense. The only people who are saying that are fans. Ark Khan with a VIP. He says, I'll jump into VIP right away. That counts as two. Pushes us to 154. One away from the from the layup. Wolf comes in with three months hey lono i enjoy your content keep up the good work and 20 spot from casual grinder lono 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 uh your on calling things is so good if this goes through your thoughts on the future of xbox and their games well in the immediate future it would be a confetti party because they would just put everything on game pass the reverberations of putting all of abk on game pass are <laughs> are massive I, the, the irony is that I believe Xbox consumers will get the short end of the stick long term they think this is great for them why? because they don't want to have to buy Diablo and Call of Duty woohoo remember that spot in Aladdin when he's like Jafar, Jafar, he's our man like that's how exciting that is yay, you didn't have to buy Call of Duty and Diablo woohoo, wow tectonic vertical foreclosure strategy implemented by the second largest company in the world so that you didn't have to buy a fucking video game woohoo do you know what it'll do long term it's gonna shove third party developers even further away from xbox it's gonna cause a buying war Tencent, Embracer Group, Amazon, Google, they're all going to start buying up companies, scooping up companies. You're going to turn it into a silo war the same way it's happened with TV, same way it's happened with movies, same way it's happened with everything that's gone through this, whether it's ISPs, cell phone companies. That's what's coming if this happens. And Xbox consumers are going to be looking around in seven years and wondering why they can't get any third-party games. It's just an Xbox Activision Blizzard silo. Whoop-dee-doo. And Bethesda. And even the Zenimax model seems to be in entertaining not being siloed up anymore. They'll put it elsewhere because they need to make money. Problem is, that could lead to cost rising. All theories. Pay the frick attention, Zenor. He asked for a theory. Hey, could you theorize on what this will lead to? I provide a theory. That's all just a bunch of theory. Really? Huh. Are these also glasses? Is that a blue light back there? What? Are you okay? He asked me to theorize. Jim Ryan himself theorized. Jim Ryan himself theorized. He thinks a lot of the oversight, a lot of the top dogs will leave if this deal goes through. And then you're going to have massive loss of oversight. He thinks management of the property, management of these companies is going to be 
is going to be um, untenable. He's going to be untenable. Yeah, I mean, I, th- that again, I think, is a, is, a, is a fair theory. Microsoft right now has terrible oversight over their own property. Look at what happened with Halo Infinite. Look what happened with 343. Look at what happened with Redfall. Look at how many creative directors they've lost. Look at what happened with uh, Perfect Dark. Look at what happened with Everwild. And, and you think suddenly owning all this property is going to be a good thing for you. Yeah. It was never about you. It was always about Microsoft. It was never about you. It never was. You're being used in a theater play. That's all this is. You don't think it's strange that Phil Spencer and all these people are out here parading and posturing about these 10-year deals and they're not even researching the financials of the deals? Even the judge found that odd. That's odd. You're not going to even crunch the numbers? No, because it's all theater. It's not about you. They just need you convinced this is great. This can be awesome. I'm going to get a bunch of stuff on Game Pass. It was never about you. If you listen carefully to some of the testimony, they've even conceded it's not about Xbox, it's not about console, it's about mobile. One of the emails basically said that. If we don't get ahead on mobile, we're cooked. We're done. They don't even care about you. They don't care about you. Phil Spencer entertained the idea of shutting down Xbox and launching a mobile company. Just how long do you think they're going to give a grip about you and your Game Pass and your box? How long? You think the ink dries on this contract and you're going to be the benefactor? They get King Mobile and you think you matter? It's adorable. It's adorable. You don't know the company you're talking about. I said this last week. I'm going to say it again right now. And then I got to get in this call with 30 and still gaming. Nobody sees Microsoft. You just see Xbox. You don't see Microsoft's history. You don't see how they treat the the companies in their way. You don't see how they treat antitrust law. You don't see... Look at how they treated COPPA, the Child Online Privacy Protection Act. They just got fined for ignoring it. 20-something million. Pocket change of them. They don't care. You don't see Microsoft. You see Xbox, and you think, well, I'm going to get more games on Game Pass, and that's all that matters. So a tectonic, unprecedented consolidative vertical foreclosure merger you're cool with it because you're gonna get more games on game pass okay okay I I hope you get what you want I happen to know that these mergers acquisitions of this size they don't they don't go your way they're never for the consumer Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta get Mike in here. Uh, okay. 
Okay, we got to switch gears. Now, listen, listen, listen. Keep the energy. All right? Keep the energy. I've got to pull up. I got to pull up all my docks because we're basically going to run through this. We're going to run through everything that has happened. What is going on? I had like two pieces of music playing. Oh. Yeah, here's one. Uh, here's one. Oh, wait, no. Yo, Borbs gifts five members and pushes us to 159. Thank you so much. All right, hang on. I'm trying to get all these FTC, all of my notes opened. Um, how many times have we covered this? We did Jim Ryan. We did... Yeah, we got this one. This is Bobby Kotick. And then I got to open up one more. Uh, get this one. Okay, I got to try to put them in order here. Because Bobby Kotick was yesterday. That's today. That's Jim Ryan. This is the first one. Okay, good. Golly. Uh, okay start the video call pop out just bear with me just bear with me chat hello this is all gonna be wrong yeah no that's not right give me one second I gotta Pop in my camera. Uh, I guess I replaced the image. How would I do that? Oh no, I got it. Me and Mike. There we go. I was like, I was pretty sure I saved it. You guys can see my show notes back there. It's hilarious. Okay. Can I just say, I said, I said in the Discord, but this is like, like studying for the SATs. There's, there's so much cramming going on here for, for all of this stuff. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. I never, I never want to look at a tweet thread again about a, about a freaking lawsuit. Rissick, Rissick with the 10 spot. Hold on. I, I can't, I One, can't hear you through nice. discord. Nice. Um, I can't hear you through discord. I'm, I'm hearing you through the stream. Okay. Hang on a second. This would make a really interesting thing about talking about the FTC. I'm like on a seven second delay. Like you say something and then I have to wait for it to come to, come over the stream. You <laughs> <laughs> like those stupid, I agree. You like those stupid news broadcasts where they're like I mean, I'm good at reading lips, Lono, hey. but this is going to this is going to be hey. rough. What can Hold on one second. What is it using? Oh. Yo. What? Hello? Say something. Hello, one check, one check. Nope, nope, can't hear you. Yo, 174, Lone Wolf the 5. I don't understand. In the back end, I can see all hold my stuff. Maybe maybe it's my side. Hold on one second, let me see. Hello, hello? I have an idea. I got to end the stage. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. You can hear Something me? Something on my side, yeah, yeah. Something on my side switched to a different output. <sighs> okay. Uh, okay, there we go. 
Boomer Got moment. Boomer. Such a boomer. All right, guys. I um I currently owe no, you guys no, a No, Hilly, of... I can't see chat. I can't see chat, Hilly. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I feel like you're lying. But I don't know if I can I'm not under oath. I don't know if I'm I can not under oath. <laughs> I don't know if I can prove it. Patrick lands it. 175 on the member count. 25 away from 200. I don't know. You guys do this every Friday. I'm trying to have a conversation with Mike, and you're like, bam, gifted. I just want to say right off the bat, I am not on either side. I don't care either way. Um, I'm going to make some points that probably will piss people off, and other people will be like, uh, he's just saying stuff. So that's exactly what's happening. We're entertaining you today, breaking down the uh, all the stuff we have. That's That's right. I'm gonna give you guys a link in just a second because we do have to sh- we we do have to switch streams for this. Do me a favor. There's still like 800 people here. We should have 500 likes. It's clear a bunch of you haven't hit like yet. Do me a favor and do that, and please help us out when we go to the new video. Hit like when we get to the new video as well. We always struggle with likes when I do the streams with Mike because I can't I can't harp on it. Yo, DK Baker taking us to 177 on the gifteds. I'm gonna do all the gifteds I owe you in the next stream. Okay. I have five tabs open, and uh, the one I'm, I'm looking at the most is the highlights from The Verge from Tom Warren. He's okay. got, like, bullet points, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to see the same like same topics as you. I'm literally going to go through my Word documents and just be like, this happened, this happened, this happened. I'll just kind of give it some framing um, okay. so that we kind of follow what took place. Because, you know, a lot has happened. Um, okay. All right. Uh, I got to send a tweet and we will move chat. We will move. I know this is always a bit of like a, a record scratch, but save your energy for the discussion we're about to have. Does YouTube default to top chat? Can we? Can I please change that to default to live chat? I I don't know why they've never fixed that. I don't I don't get it. It's like I get it for like a big live event. Yo, Akuda Papa drops a ten bomb, takes us to one eighty seven. That's amazing. You guys are nuts. What qualifies as top chat, by the way? Uh, top chat basically what it does is it filters out anything that might be kind of spammy or offensive so for like a live event it makes sense like you tune in to watch like an Xbox showcase and people in chat are like this sucks you all suck and I hate everybody uh, well you won't see that garbage alright tweets are sent I'm gonna put a link in chat guys you can ride the redirect if you want, or you can click the link. We need 50 more likes on this video, though. Come on now. Come on now. Click that like before, button before we leave. Hit that link in chat, and I'm going to redirect this. Uh, give me a moment. i got to pull up the new stream myself.
Actually, I gotta grab my water. I'm not gonna make it. Let me grab my water and then we'll get started. Sorry, chat. I hate to do the lull, but I, I, it's been, it's been a long morning already. Give me one second. Chat, I can't see you because I already went to the next stream. So you should go to the next stream and also, uh, open up a pop-out window and hit that like button as well. I'm actually, I'm pretty clean. I'm not dirty. No dirty here. I'm just kidding. FTC, guys, I'm looking forward to talking about this. Boy, I'm excited. Can you see it? Can you see it on my face? Can you hear it in my voice? Excited. Super excited. Can't wait. I can just see all you one side fanboys to the other ready to, they're like cracking your knuckles. You're ready to, ready to start jamming on your thumbs on the keyboard on your phones. Lone Wolf, that's a fun game. That's a fun game. Those of you guys uh, that like wrestling games, if you like the old school N64 days, WCW, NWO, like Revenge, anything like that, Fight Forever, AEW, it's a fun game. Yeah, you get a cookie. You want a cookie? Here, I'll give you a cookie. Hold on. Let's see. There you go. There's a cookie for you. Cookie for you. You gave Lono the money to get it? I don't think Lono would like that that type of game. I don't does does Lono like wrestling? I don't I don't know if he does. Oh, I think the kiddos would like it. Yeah, I think the kiddos would like it. Hey guys, hit that like button before he gets here for the next stream. That way he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to yell at you. Like, come on, let's go, chat. Let's get the like button up. I need the game pass emote you have, Mike. I, I figured that's that, that's the best emote we have because everyone always is. It's on Game Pass. You sold your Series X on Saturday. What'd you get in place of it? Did you did you trade it in to get another another console, or did you just take the cash? Yeah, it's it's got good it's got good bones, Lone Wolf. AEW, it's got it's got a good base, like foundation for the game. I think they uh they could they could add to it either over patches in the next, you know, months or in their next evolution of the game, if if it's next year or two years from now, whenever they make it. Oh, for sure, Dave. Oh, do you like wrestling? No. Yeah, see, I didn't think so, chat. Yeah. Because uh, Lone Wolf said he, he gave you it to buy AEW. I was like, I don't think Lone Wolf would like that game. Oh, no. It, it's wrestling. A, it'll be fun to play with Madam as like a joke, but not like. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. not like seriously going to play it. Like, I'm not going to run a career through it or something. Okay. Links in chat, guys. And we're going to start the new stream. I'm going to turn the music down a touch. I always turn it down for the show. Here we go. Thanks so much for checking out another weekly Friday segment where 
I debate and discuss something with my good friend 30 and so gaming as well as a live chat and we're going to do a bit of a recap of the Xbox FTC case closing arguments have happened the judge is going to take about a week or two to come to the decision and then we'll obviously have to report on that when that happens if you're watching this as a past broadcast thanks so much for supporting these segments the Diablo is boring stream did so well and if you like that be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button on this one. If you're coming over from the other stream that we already did this morning, I did a recap of the closing arguments as well as the CFO's arguments and his statements that I thought were pretty telling. I'm going to bring everybody over with a redirect. And just make sure you 